0: Well, good morning. Good to have you with us today. Thank you for coming and joining us uh, on this last day of the Revelation series. Um, And you're in for a real treat. Uh, The choir has a couple of numbers they're going to sing, and actually they're going to conclude the service this morning with a hallelujah chorus. And I think it's a great way to end uh, a series in the book, of Revelation. Pastor Tony had an opportunity to speak at his grandfather's church this morning, so uh, we allowed him to go and and do what he needed to do, and I said I would fill in with the announcements. I said I'll probably not do as well as you do, but I'll give it my best shot. So he's away with Sarah, and um, it's a great opportunity for him uh, to be able to stand behind the pulpit and proclaim the Word of God. Good to see each of you this morning. And uh, we're just thankful that you have come uh, to join us. A couple announcements, the poinsettia orders must be in today. Uh, So if you're planning to order a poinsettia uh, for Christmas, uh, please see Debbie and make sure that order's in today. Also those shoe boxes. And I saw some of you already come in this morning. Uh, That's good because today is the last day uh, to bring in those shoe boxes. They're due for collection. Next week is our annual Thanksgiving service. We call it a worship gathering, and it starts at 9.30. Uh, please don't come at 9 o'clock for Sunday school. As much as uh, you know, we would love to have Sunday school, we're not going to have it next week. Uh, we're going to start the service at 9.30. So please remember that. And then the Christmas gathering. Um, A lot of gatherings coming up over the holidays. Uh, This is the Christmas party, the annual Christmas party, and um, it starts at 5.30 on December the 5th with a ham and turkey dinner and all the trimmings, but we've also uh, invited Harold Brass. Uh, They're going to be with us to uh, minister and also lead us in a few Christmas carols. Um, So please sign up. Uh, We need to know if you're coming And I'm sure it will be a time when uh, you'll greatly uh, be blessed. The choir is going to come and sing their first song of the morning. take a few moments to step out, uh, turn around, shake a hand, welcome those around you to our service this morning. Before the praise team comes to uh, lead us in worship, uh, we do have a video. Uh, Pastor Tony, as you know, has led a team to Bolivia uh, this past uh, year, Uh, but he also would like to go back again next year. I know there's been a lot of uh, interest in another trip, and so um, he has something he wants to say and share with you at this time.
1: it in. Feel your heart beat again. Here we are. Here I stand with you. Too big
2: Let's stand as we uh, sing praises uh, to Jesus our Messiah. Find a way. Bring me back.
0: And As you do, uh, I would invite you to take your prayer list, and uh, I want to refer to a few folks that we uh, need to bring an update on. Um, Please keep in prayer. Uh, Gene Miller. I had a chance to see Gene this week, and um, continue to pray for Gene and Marlene. Uh, Gene did remind me that Uh, The reason they don't come to church is they don't want to catch any diseases or germs that you might have. I don't want to do that either, but, uh, you know, he just is trying to avoid, uh, you know, colds and flus and all those kinds of things, and we're entering now into that season, so uh, do pray for them. I know they miss uh, being here with us. Uh, Keep Karen Ozenbach in prayer. Uh, She had a double uh, knee partial replacements uh, this week. And is having, going to have a time of uh, therapy, and uh, there's going to be a few weeks when uh, it's going to be a difficult road. but uh, things seem to be going pretty well, I think, at this point, Bob, right? Pretty well, so I uh, do pray for Karen. Um, pray for Joanne Pally as well. Uh, she had, uh, this actually is Dave's mother. She had passed away uh, just yesterday morning. Uh, do pray for Dave Booker and the family members. Uh, The funeral probably will be uh, on Saturday. Uh, This was not a surprise. Um, She was not doing well um, for the last few weeks, maybe months. Um, But pray for Dave and uh, a sister I know that's out in Ohio. Um, I'm sure they would greatly appreciate uh, your prayers. Also, there was a young man, only 29 years of age, Aaron Garay. I don't know, Kelly, if that's exactly how you pronounce the last name. but um, early one morning this week down in Dolphin, there was a car accident, and he was killed in that accident. And I looked at Kelly because I know um, when she lived out in Dolphin, um, they were neighbors of this young man and his family. Um, so we do need to pray for his family. Um, such a tragic accident that, you know, things happen sometimes so quickly. And uh, we just need to pray, you know, that God might comfort Uh, this family. I also received a letter from Dara Winter. Uh, As you know, we uh, had a roof uh, put on her house, a much needed roof, and due to um, your generosity, uh, we were able to collect all of the monies that we needed to be able to put on this metal roof. And so she writes a, a letter that she would like for me to read to you this morning It says, Dear Pastor Bob and Word of Life family, it has been several weeks since your kindness and generosity enabled the installation of a much needed roof replacement on my home. I wanted to wait and send this letter and card until Charlie and Bonnie Bechtel had returned from their vacation. Uh, So many people from the church have been seriously involved in Scooby, now Scooby is her uh, seeing eye dog, uh, her service dog, Uh, involved in Scooby and my lives for the past couple of years. The Benevolence Committee has coordinated efforts to help me through several surgeries, rehab visits, and ongoing transportation to doctor appointments and medication pickups. The significant sacrifice that this church family has made by their unselfish donations of monies and prayer was greatly facilitated by Charlie Bechtel and I wanted to share how much I appreciated all that Charlie and Bonnie had done for me this year. What a wonderful testimony each of you has to tell regarding the tremendous blessing you gave to me. You might not ever fully realize the peace I now have knowing that once again I have a safe and functioning roof. I would encourage each of you to take the opportunity to drive past my house with your family and view the roof Uh, that you had a part of restoring. I truly believe that this is something that your children will remember when they grow older as a legacy of the love of the Lord, which uh, was shown to me. Thanks again so much. God bless you all, Dara and Scooby. Um, It's interesting now, uh, because the leaves have fallen off the trees, Um, you can see her roof from the road, which you would not be able to see had the leaves been full. But if you go out Palmer Drive, and just as you go down the hill, almost at the end, and make that sharp left turn, look off to the right just before you come to the stop sign. Look back in the woods, but you'll see a light blue metal roof on a little ranch house. Uh, that's the roof that uh, many of you have had a part to, uh, to be able to replace. So we're thankful for the, to the Lord for allowing us Uh, to be able to help her in so many ways. Father, now as we come before you this morning, we are thankful that, uh, Father, we as a church uh, are able to touch the lives of of people, Lord, in our community and in our church. Uh, We are thankful, Lord, for uh, the ability that you have given to us and the generosity of so many people, Father, that enabled us to be able to Um, help Dara feel safe and secure uh, knowing that Father when the snows come this winter that there will not be any leakage and for that we're thankful. Father we do pray for this uh, young man's family Aaron Garay Uh, Father this tragic accident that has taken place just days ago uh, we lift the family before you as as we can only imagine uh, how they must feel to have lost this this young man. We pray for them, Lord, that uh, you might comfort them uh, during these, these dark days. We think of Dave Booker, father now, and his sister and brother and others, Lord, who have lost uh, a mother, uh, a grandmother. Uh, father, we pray that you would give great comfort and grace in this time of need. But Father, again, we know that uh, Joanne is in your presence. Uh, we know, Lord, having professed uh, faith in you, and that, Father, she is in uh, heaven now as we speak. And so I pray that that hope uh, might bring comfort and encouragement uh, to these who have lost this loved one. Father, we think of Gene Miller, and uh, Father, again, we certainly miss him and Marlene, as they, I know, miss us as well. Uh, Father, we certainly understand why uh, it's important for them to be at home and not be surrounded by other folks that uh, carry things that are contagious. Uh, But we do pray, Father, that you would touch Gene's body. I pray that you give him uh, many years of life and I just pray that your grace uh, might be sufficient uh, during this time. And for Karen, Father, we do pray. We're thankful that she was able to have this surgery. Uh, We pray that, uh, Father, very soon uh, that there would be a recovery, uh, that the recovery might be a bit more, uh, uh, might move along more quickly than uh, even uh, the doctors had thought, and so we pray that you would help her to work hard in therapy and get these legs back to, to full strength and uh, be able to get back to work, and so uh, we, we commit Karen to you as well. Father, we do thank you for today. Lord, this is your day. Uh, we have come today to worship you in spirit and in truth, Father, we are so thankful that you have given to us your word. Uh, father. this inspired book this uh, these these pages of scripture that lord are are for us to be able to uh, not only memorize and and study and preach but father it 's what we're to live by. Uh, Father, our lives are to be ordered around the pages of scripture, uh, the commands, the instructions. Uh, And so I pray, Lord, this morning that uh, as we conclude this series in the book of Revelation, that, Father, you would speak to us uh, and help us to understand that, uh, Father, we being on your side, Father, we are truly The winners of life. And so I pray that you might speak in an effective way uh, to move us into your presence, to draw us near to you. For Father, that's why we have come. We have come to see Jesus in his greatness, in his fullness, in his omnipotence. And we pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, before we get to that final sermon, Uh, Leonard's going to come and lead us in hymn number 175. Hymn number 175. I'm going to ask you to stand with me as we sing this hymn,
3: then those in junior church can be dismissed. Hymn number 175. Look, ye saints, the sight is glorious, see the man of sorrows now. From the fight return victorious, every knee near him shall bow, crown. Union, you may be seated.
0: One of the great things that I love about the Bible is that we know that we are on the winning side. We know that someday triumph, uh, good will triumph over evil, that truth will win out over the lie, that love will conquer hate, and Jesus will reign forever and ever In Revelation chapter 19, we have a dramatic shift in the book. A dramatic shift in the book of Revelation. We move from all the earthly judgments to a heavenly scene. And we hear in heaven the hallelujahs. You know, I remember one time years ago, I I went to a hospital and I went to visit uh, two ladies. Uh, One lady was quite sick. And um, I went to the floor in which uh, she was staying and I went into her room and all there was was sadness and grief. But then I left and I went to the maternity floor and there I went into that room and there was also a lady. But in that room was joy and gladness, quite a contrast in emotions from the sad to the joy we move as dramatically in this book from the judgments of God to now the joy we find in heaven. When we come to chapter 19, the tribulation period is just about to be over. It's almost over. And all that remains is this great battle of Armageddon the return of Jesus Christ to earth so that he can set up his millennial kingdom in the remaining chapters of this book. And heaven breaks out in a great celebration, praise, because God in the chapters 17 and 18 has already judged the world. God has already judged the satanic systems that have risen to power while here on earth god has permitted terrible things to take place on earth during these seven years but now all of that is going to be ended and jesus christ is coming back to earth so follow with me in revelation chapter 19. first of all the hallelujahs the hallelujahs in verses 1 through 10. the blood of his servants and again they shouted hallelujah the smoke from her goes up forever and ever the 24 elders and the four living creatures fell down and worshiped God who was seated on the throne and they cried amen hallelujah then a voice came from the throne saying praise our God all you all you his servants you who fear him both great and small then i heard what sounded like a great multitude like the roar of rushing waters and loud peals of thunder shouting hallelujah for our lord god almighty reigns let us rejoice and be glad and give him glory for the wedding of the lamb has come and his bride has made herself ready Fine linen, bright and clean, was given her to wear. Fine linen stands for the righteous acts of God's holy people. Then the angel said to me, write this. Blessed are those who are invited to the wedding supper of the Lamb. And he added, these are the true words of God. At this I fell at his feet to worship him. But he said to me, don't do that. I am a fellow servant with you. And with your brothers and sisters who hold to the testimony of jesus worship god for it is the spirit of prophecy who bears testimony to jesus hallelujah we've been studying uh, in prayer meeting the last psalms in the book of song and the last five chapters are what are called the hallelujah chapters hallel which means praise, and Yah, which is short for Yahweh, Jehovah. Hallelujah simply means praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. And so now the scene shifts from the earthly judgments in the preceding chapters to chapter 19. Go, we, we come now to heaven where we hear these hallelujahs. The first one I said here is a hallelujah of victory the hallelujah of victory and we read that in verse one what we find in verse one is a great multitude and it doesn't say they're singing it says they're shouting it says it sounds like the roar of mighty waters here is a multitude of people who i believe are the martyred saints, the martyred tribulation saints in heaven. And they're shouting, and they're crying out because God has just judged the great prostitute that is mentioned back in chapter 19. It appears as though that prostitute is the one world religion that has been set up by Satan himself. You remember the false prophet we looked at last week who was directing all attention to the Antichrist? He now is the one to be worshipped in this great one-world religion. Well, God now has judged that satanic system. And these tribulation saints who have been martyred down here on earth because they did not bow down to the Antichrist... They did not receive the mark of the beast on their forehead or right hand. They were slain because of their worship of Christ. They now are in heaven, and they're shouting, Hallelujah. The words are very similar Uh, in verse 1. It says salvation and glory and power. Uh, Back in chapter 4, we have similar language uh, to the shoutings and the songs and the cries that are being brought Uh, before the lord the hallelujah of victory the second hallelujah is found in verses two and three now i call this the hallelujah of vengeance the hallelujah of vengeance because the praise is a response to the vindication that came against this world religious system that god has just judged this great prostitute back in chapter 17 and the punishment is everlasting the punishment is absolute and final she will never reestablish her religion uh, religious wickedness again that god has judged that that this religious system will never be reestablished and that's good news And there's a roaring and there's a shouting because Satan's deceptions, Satan's lies now are over. Never again will he be able to lead people astray. And I believe the shoutings that take place in verses 2 and 3 are actually an answer to the the appeal that we read of back in chapter 6. Let me read Uh, what it says back in chapter 6 and verse 10 um, this is actually uh, the fifth seal was opened. remember we looked at the seals and each one was opened one by one well the fifth seal was opened and there the martyred uh, saints said how long sovereign lord holy and true until you judge the inhabitants of the earth and avenge our blood how long god are you going to allow these things to continue how long God can you allow the saints here on earth to be persecuted and slain and killed how long and this is God's answer as we come to this second hallelujah this is the answer to that appeal that God will judge and has judged in chapter 17. God has rightly judged those who have shed the blood of the tribulation saints the third hallelujah is the hallelujah of worship in verses four and five Uh, we read again of the 24 elders and the four living creatures Uh, we saw them back in chapters four and five and i said back then i said i believe that the four the 24 living or the 24 elders uh, represent both the 12 tribes of israel in the old testament the 12 disciples in the new and so i believe what these 24 elders represent are the saints of the ages the four living creatures um, some type of exalted uh, order of angelic beings Uh, it's hard to understand uh, all that's taking place here it's so symbolic uh, but they, what do they say? What is their cry? What do, what do these shout? Well, they only say two words, amen and hallelujah. That's all the 24 elders and the four living creatures say at this point, amen, in verse four, and hallelujah. Amen simply means we agree. We agree with what has just been said. That's what amen really means, truly, truly, verily, verily. When you, at the end of your prayers, you say, amen, you're saying, uh, we agree with what has just been said. All that we just said, we put a period on it, and we agree. We affirm uh, what has just, well, that's what they're saying here, amen. We agree with what these martyred saints have just said. We agree that the, the judgment of God is, is, has been right, it's been true. We agree with all of that, and, but we also want to praise the Lord, and so they also say, Hallelujah. And then there's this voice that comes from heaven in verse 5. And I know we've said before back in the earlier chapters that the voice that came from heaven was probably Christ. It appears to be Jesus back in the early chapters. It doesn't necessarily uh, refer to Christ here in verse 5. Uh, most believe that this is probably an angelic being. And, and what this angel is calling for is God to be praised because he has just delivered the people from the very presence of sin. You know, when we talk about salvation, uh, we often refer to salvation in three stages. Uh, we've, been saved from the of, we've been saved from the penalty of sin. Today we're being saved from the power of sin. And someday we'll be saved from the very presence of sin. When we think of the penalty of sin, uh, that took place when you asked Jesus to come into your life. When you came before God one day and you asked Him to forgive you of your sins, and you said that you truly believe that it's the blood of Jesus Christ that cleanses you from all sin. When you came to that point where you were converted, where you became a Christian, and the Bible says that Jesus, He took away your sins. And he did that because he died on a cross. And when he died on the old rugged cross, the Bible says he died in order to pay the penalty of our sins. The Bible says that the wages of sin is death. The wages of sin is death. In other words, what you deserve because you have sinned against the holy God is death. Not just physical death, but spiritual death. You deserve to be separated from God throughout all eternity. That's what you deserve because you've sinned against God. But Jesus, when he died on a cross, he died in your stead. He died where you should have died. You say, well, did Jesus die spiritually? Yes, he did. You Remember when Jesus cried out, Father, Father, why have you forsaken me? Well, God had to turn his back on his son when he bore the sins of the world therefore when he died he died for the penalty that you should have experienced so when you believe and trust in christ you are free from the penalty of sin because jesus he stood in your place but today the bible says we are free from the power of sin you say wait a minute it it doesn't seem like we're free from the power of sin you say i'm tempted every day and my goodness, the temptations are so great, and oftentimes I just, I just yield to that temptation. Well, that's true. But don't forget, greater in He, or greater is He that is in you than He that is in the world. You have power in you to be able to stand against the evil one. Because the Bible says when you became a Christian, the Holy Spirit of God has indwelt you you have in you this morning if you know the lord as your savior you have in you the spirit of christ that's the power and so we are free from the power of sin because of the power that resides within us we have all the resources we need god has given us everything we need to be able to stand against the schemes and the wiles of satan But the Bible also says that the third stage of that salvation is that we someday will be free from the very presence of sin. And that's what we read of here. That God now has judged sin. God now has judged judged this evil system of the world. The next hallelujah is a response to this call to praise. The angel's calling... Praise our God, he says in verse 5. All you servants, you who fear him, both great and small. This next hallelujah is the hallelujah of wedding. This is where we read in verse 6 or in verse um, 6, yes, that the Lord God Almighty reigns. The Lord God Almighty reigns. I'm sure there were many during the tribulation period that didn't sense as though god is in control as god released and allowed satan freedom to be able to do some horrible horrendous things here on earth during these seven years this hallelujah of these saints in heaven this hallelujah states that god has always been in control that God has always been a sovereign God, that God has always reigned, and he shall live forever and ever. And then it speaks here of the wedding of the Lamb. A couple weeks ago, I said a few things I thought would be a bit controversial, and um, I got some interesting response. Um, Some of you agreed with what I said, some of you disagreed. Here's one of those areas in which uh, you may have to say something to me at the door as you leave. But nevertheless, um, who is the bride in verse 7? Now, I grew up to believe that this was the church. And it very well may be that this is you and I. That we are the bride of Christ. That we know we are according to Ephesians chapter 5. There where it speaks about the, the wedding and I read those passages as I, uh, you know, as I uh, stand before the the, the husband and wife to be, um, where it speaks about Christ being the bride or Christ being the bridegroom, and the church as the bride. No question about that. And so we could very uh, easily say that we are the bride here, and uh, Christ, of course, is the bridegroom, which no one would argue with. Um, and that's fine. And I, I have no problem with that. I, I, I agree that that could very well be the case. The other side of the coin is, is that Israel back in the Old Testament is said to be the wife of Jehovah. The wife of Jehovah. And so some would argue, well, this isn't the church here. Uh, this is Israel. Uh, because Israel is said to be the wife of Jehovah. Um, to be honest, I I, I kind of go back and forth at times with this. Um, again, I most of the commentaries in my library uh, are Walford and McGee and Ironside, all those guys who would say this is the church, and that's it, it may very well be. But you know, as I read and studied this book, and under stood, I think, a little more that this is a book about Israel. That this is a, a time of Jacob's trouble. That this is the 70th week of Daniel. I Sometimes I say, you know, because remember what God's going to do at the end of this tribulation period, right? What's he going to do with Israel? All Israel will be saved. The nation of Israel is going to turn to her Messiah before they enter into the millennial period. And I say, maybe something like that is taking place here. Maybe God is bringing to himself the nation of Israel. Well, enough said. You go home and study, and then you call me and email me and let me know your thoughts. But now notice what we move on to. And that's the second coming of Jesus, starting at verse 11. This is exciting stuff. Look at verse 11. I saw heaven standing open. And there before me was a white horse whose rider is called Faithful and True. With justice he judges and wages war. His eyes are like blazing fire. And on his head are many crowns. He has a name written on him that No one knows but he himself. He's dressed in a robe dipped in blood. And his name is the word of God. The armies of heaven were following him, riding on white horses and dressed in fine linen, white and clean. Coming out of his mouth is a sharp sword with which to strike down the nations. He will rule them with an iron scepter. He treads the winepress, of the fury of the wrath of God Almighty. On His robe and on His thigh, He has this name written, King of kings and Lord of lords. And I saw an angel standing in the sun who cried in a loud voice to all the birds flying in midair, Come, gather together for the great supper of God so that you may eat the flesh of kings and generals, and the mighty and the horses and their riders and the flesh of all people, free and slave, great and small. Then I saw the beast and the kings of the earth and their armies, and they gathered together to wage war against the rider on the horse and his army. But the beast was captured, and with it the false prophet, who had performed the signs on its behalf. With these signs he had deluded those who had received the mark of the beast and worshipped its image. The two of them were thrown alive into the fiery lake of burning sulfur. The rest were killed with a sword coming out of the mouth of the rider on the horse. And all the birds gorged themselves on their flesh. This is the great battle of Armageddon we first of all see the almighty warrior we see a rider on a white horse and clearly this is Jesus Christ himself clearly Jesus is coming back to earth you remember the disciples when they stood there on the outside the city of Jerusalem and it was in Acts chapter 1 when they We're being instructed by Jesus and uh, then Jesus slowly begins to rise into heaven and the angel says to the disciples, why do you stand here gazing up into heaven? (laughs) Well, why not? That's what I just said to the angel. Why not? I mean, there goes Jesus. I mean, there's our master. There's the one we've, we've walked with for three years and the disciples are staring and gazing up into heaven and the angel said, Why are you staring? Why are you gazing up into heaven? This same Jesus who has been taken from you up into heaven shall so come in like manner as you have seen him go into heaven. That's King James Version. That's the way I memorized it. In like manner. In other words, in the same way, in the same way that you see Jesus going up into heaven, he's coming back. This is so unlike the rapture. That's why we speak of the second coming of Jesus in two phases. The one phase is he comes back for his church. He comes back for us. And we meet the Lord in the air. This is so unlike that. Because here it appears as though it's going to be a public event. Back in chapter 1 it says all eyes will see him. And he comes in judgment. He comes as an almighty warrior. Now... There's so much symbolism in these opening verses, uh, but the bottom line in all the symbolism, I believe, is found at the end of verse 11 when it says this, with justice he judges and wages war. That's why he comes. He comes to judge and he comes to wage war. He comes to put an end to the kingdom of evil and the fallen world that we presently know of. He comes to end all of that. And he's coming as the righteous judge to destroy the forces of Satan. Now he's already judged them in chapters 17 and 18, but here is the fulfillment of that judgment. Jesus himself is going to come and judge these systems of the world. And no one, no one is going to be able to stand against the King of Kings, the Lord of Lords, which speaks of his supreme sovereignty. Notice also, right in the middle of all of this in verse 14, it speaks of the armies of heaven. We're following him. Probably angelic beings, saints of the ages, you and I. We're reading, folks, about ourselves here we are part of this army we are part of heaven when it empties out and all heaven follows christ as he comes to earth but notice we're not going to lift a finger we're not carrying swords we're riding horses but we're not going to lift a finger because jesus is the one who will defeat the enemy it speaks here about a sword, a sharp sword in the mouth of Jesus. It seems as though all Jesus will have to do is speak a word and the enemy will be defeated. It's going to be a, a battle that is short, but not a battle that will be sweet. And the war is over almost as soon as as it starts the actual battle is described in verse 17 as I said it's gonna be very short but not very sweet it says that this will be probably the most frightening Holocaust in human history it's not gonna be much of a battle but more of an execution it speaks also here of a great supper of the great supper of God this has nothing to do with a wedding supper of the lamb that we just read of this is a supper for the vultures this is where the vultures are invited to come and eat the flesh of all of those who have been slain during this great battle of Armageddon the vultures are summoned to feed on the bodies of these who have been slain by the very word of God and then in verse 19 there's this this final attempt to somehow stop Christ on this war horse. But it's certainly a useless attempt. And the beast and the false prophet, it says, are thrown alive into the pit of hell. And their armies are all killed by a word from Christ. And again, the vultures come and they see these slain bodies on the ground. And at the end of this chapter, all the birds Gorged themselves on their flesh. For thousands and thousands of years, God has been long suffering. For thousands of years over the time through history, God has been very patient with people. And God has, has given. Opportunity after opportunity for people to repent and turn to His Son for salvation. For thousands of years, God has waited. But now, it's time for His wrath to be poured out upon an ungodly, ungodly world. We ought to be shouting hallelujah this morning. Because we are on the right side. We are on God's side. And we know that in the end, as someone said as they defined this book and described it, we know in the end that we win. That we win. Last week we closed with a song, We Are On The Lord's Side. Aren't you thankful that you are? That we are not going to experience any of this except that we follow Christ into the world and we see it all happen. The first hallelujah is the hallelujah of victory. And I believe that's what chapter 19 is all about. It's all about victory, that Jesus comes and is victorious. The choir is going to come in just a moment, and they're going to sing and conclude this series with the hallelujah chorus. It's a course that they've done before. And the source of inspiration um, for Handel, who wrote the Messiah, is in this chapter. It's in chapter 19. And this hallelujah course, as someone said, is usually considered the most magnificent expression of praise in the field of music. It was first performed back in 17. 1742, 1742, I want you to listen when they sing. Listen for some of the phrases and words in which we just read. You certainly will hear the word hallelujah. Listen for king of kings and lord of lords. Listen for those words and he will reign forever and ever. Sit back and worship God I'm gonna pray and the choir is gonna come and at the end of the choir I'm not gonna say anything except I might ask you to say amen and we're gonna be dismissed what a fitting and wonderful way to be able to conclude a series in the book of Revelation choir why don't you come and let's pray together father we are so thankful this morning that we are on the Lord's side, that we are on the winning side, that we, Father, are in the end. We are going to spend all of eternity with you. Father, we are thankful for allowing us to understand these things. And we're thankful, Lord, that you have died for us. You have paid the penalty for us. Your Son has been judged for us. So that, Father, we don't have to experience these things that we read about in these earlier earlier chapters. Father, we will win. And Jesus will come back again. And we will reign forever and ever with him. What a day that will be. Father, now use this music. Use this choir to lift our spirits into your presence We have come to worship you in spirit and in truth. And I pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Would you all stand with me? Let's stand together as we worship our God. God's people said,